received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Featuring Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome UFC fight enthusiasts. This week, Las Vegas 72, Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone. As always, we have to thank our many listeners for tuning in. Each week, we're flattered by the amount of people and the growth that we get. We're surely pleased by it. Hopefully, part of it is that we're profitable. And the other part is that you folks are fight passionates anyway, want to draw what information you can from this, and then go make your own educated decisions. I salute you. That's exactly the intent of this podcast. So far this year, 60.6% favorites. It's been 10 years since I've been able to say that. So what we started with this year is a tear on favorites. Now we're averaging 60.6. So the last four or five weeks have been very dog friendly as well. Our own Bout Business podcast results 32 and 27 and 32 and 27 boy i'm i'm really trying 47 48% the way we approach this business with dogs to be above 500 like that i think it's good that we've reduced our selections this year it's also good that that happens to coincide with a little bit of run on underdogs that together are providing us profitability 12.6 units of profit, 21% ROI. We can go on putting feathers in our hat, but we're not here to look back. We're here to try and make some profit on this fight card moving forward. And with that, our only future review again this week will be Colby Covington. And he and Leon Edwards are, in fact, going to fight in London upcoming in the summer. So we're going to get that fight still priced minus 110. That's the price we got. I've been scouring the future cards for future positions for the podcast. I just can't find any yet. Now, when I get one, you're going to hear about it, but I'm not going to force it. And I'm not going to get on the wrong side. Our goal is to try and get on the right side. Now, with all the business cleaned up, let's look at Las Vegas 72 by jumping right into round one. In round one, we're going to go right to the main card. Interestingly enough, it looks like all four rounds this week are on the main card of the evening. I never plan that. I just take them where they come. One of such fight, featherweight bout, Julian Arosa, 28 and 10. 
taken on Fernando Padilla, Mexican debuting fighter coming in, clearly with a bunch of hype. Erosa opens minus 300 in this fight. Padilla plus 225. That fight currently priced Erosa minus 150, Padilla plus 130. So there is somewhere, somehow, a lot of fanfare behind Padilla. And when I look at it, I can't understand really where that's coming from. Now, young Mexican fighter, really tall, really long, extremely slick boxer. When you say Mexican fighter, you almost imply boxer. That's the background, just like Brazil is jiu-jitsu. Mexico's boxing. But we haven't seen this guy for a while. He's been away for a long time. And at his age of 26, I don't put it past him while he's been away to have improved exponentially. In fact, I'm counting on that. However, so is his opponent, Arosa. And this Arosa has a wealth of UFC experience. This line move has me perplexed because I surely don't know that I see Erosa minus 300. I'll give you that. He can be chinny, okay? And this kid's a slick Mexican boxer. So there's your combination. That said, Erosa has faced guys and beaten Steven Peterson, Hakeem Aduadu, Charles Jourdain. He beat Landwehr, the train. Listen, Erosa on his day is a good focused fighter, and Padilla steps way up in talent after being away. I'm giving him credit for being improved, but he's going to have to prove it to me. Erosa currently minus 150. Now, earlier in the week on the VSIN magazine, I released Erosa at minus 140. So I'm seeing minus 145 to 155. Get him while you can. Julian Erosa as a short favorite in round one. And oh yes, by the way, I'm putting the full 1.4 on him to win a full unit. Now let's move into round two. Round two is gonna be our parlay. And again, both of these fighters on the main card We'll start with Cody Brundage and Rodolfo Vieira, a fight that I think should be really interesting because Vieira's totally underachieved in the UFC since he got here. He opens 200. He's now about 225 or 230. Relatively singularly dimensioned in BJJ, but tough, improved striking, and cardio, a huge weakness, has been addressed in his last few fights one must believe he's addressed it for this one because he said so in his interviews. Everyone knows that's the, the, the kind of the elephant in the room with him. On the other side, wrestling-based Cody Brundage, 8-3, and three, still learning a lot. This guy's tough as leather, got a great wrestling base. He's game, he's willing, he's just not overly talented. And this is a fight made for Vieira, in my opinion. Vera currently priced again 225, I believe 230 currently at DraftKings. We're going to pair him in another match on the main event. Now, this one might be just one of the late fights earlier in the card, and it's a welterweight bout. Josh Quinlan, Trey Walters. Walters, tall, long, drink of water. He calls himself the truth. He's really making 
his UFC debut from LFA. He fought in contender, got beat by Gabriel Bonfim, who we've seen in the UFC. And so new fighter, seven and one, stepping up in class. The issue for his opponent is this long, tall drink of water, Trey Waters, 6'5". He's going to have a five-inch height, five-inch reach advantage over a guy in Josh Quinlan, 6-0 professionally, still learning a ton himself. However, he does have a UFC fight under his belt, a round one finish of Jason uh, Witt, nothing to boast about, but he's been there. He's sturdy. He's got some good wrestling. He's well-rounded. And I think if he can get in and inside on Trey Waters, he's going to make this a one-dimensional fight. Quinlan Lopen's minus two and a quarter. We can catch him now down at minus 170. He's a finisher. I'd almost expect him to finish Waters here, but let's not get cocky. Round two, Rodolfo Vieira, minus 230. We're going to pair him with Josh Quinlan, minus 170. One unit returns 1.27 units. Now let's move right into round three. Round three, co-main event of the evening. I'm one of the biggest fans of this Cow Baralho, Brazilian kid, nurtured, tutored by Damian Maya getting dynamic depth of training from every corner of the globe and from every size, shape, style of fighter. This kid's a future champion, make no mistake about it, okay? He's fighting at middleweight at 13-1 and one against a guy, a Polish kid named Michael Olesiewicz. Excuse the pronunciation, and please don't mind if I call him Michael O moving forward. 18 and 5 fighter that uh, fought at light heavyweight, completely undersized, but was game, willing, really strong, slick, striking, boxing, very good boxing, should use his feet more, very singularly dimensioned, however. And so there's no reason to wonder why Barajo, who opened minus 210 and now sits minus 360, should be such a favorite in this fight. Now, all that being said, in Baralho's last fight against this Russian Muradov, he showed signs of being human. The other kid, between his wrestling and primarily his striking, run Baralho up a few times. And I would say Mr. Baralho has some striking refinement to do, especially defensively. That's not good against Michael O. Surely Michael O knows what's coming after him here. These two guys are both left-handed. That adds complexity and absolute Twilight Zone weirdness to the fight, you guys. And here's where I'm going with this. Yes, Baralho should be a minus 200, minus 240 favorite here. No question about it. But you can't completely overlook the hands and the ability of this other kid as well. He's focused and he fights me. Ola Chewick plus 300, I'm going to sign up for it. I love the other kid, don't get me wrong, but this price is too wrong. Plus 300. Now, I'm only going to take a half a unit on it. We're not going to go crazy on Michael O. We're throwing a deep out and up, but you know what? We got 
our opponent on their heels. They're looking for a run. Let's attack. And so round three, Michael Olachajic plus 300 for a half a unit. Now let's move into round four. Round four, main event, only fight left. This is going to be an awesome fight. Smaller cage doesn't mean as much to Ricky Simone nor Song Yadong. Why? Because each guy at 135 pounds is going to have plenty of room to maneuver. Advantage, in my opinion, Song Yadong, who happens to be an inch taller, five years younger, the athlete with more deft footwork and ability to move, stick, and control distance. Ricky Simone, I see as a very focused, forward pressing, aggressive grappling wrestler. And so here's the stage. Yudong wants room, distance, and be able to create angles to paint Simone coming in. Simone, meanwhile, wants to find his way to press this guy against the fence, get him down on the floor and gain top position from there. I don't think there's anyone in the 135s that can compete with Simone outside of perhaps Marab, and those two have already fought. Once the bell rings for this fight, I think it's Simone's forward pressure that could be his worst enemy. While he has to use it and must rely on it, I think Yudong and team, oh, by the way, that's Uriah Faber. And Faber knocked Simone out some years ago. There's a natural rivalry between Simone and his Oregon camp and the Northern Cal camp that is alpha male. Make no mistake about the fact that Yudong and camp know what's coming, and Simone does too. But as long as this stays on the feet, I think Yudong is going to be too fast, too precise, and too powerful in a fight that has really hovered without much line movement. And really, I've heard no one pick Yudong. They're all on Ricky Simone, and, and I see why. This is a tough fight. But for me, the fight and round four is easy. And here's how we'll play it. Yudong currently plus 100. That's a take right now. Now, you want to be patient, see if you can get plus 105, 110, come fight time, sure, give it a try. I don't blame you. But also, I think Yudong can catch Ricky. I really do. And we shouldn't be underestimating Song's speed, his power, the fact that he's coming in off Sandhagen and he's focused, he's on a bounce. Inside the distance, Song Yudong plus 165, there's another half unit right there. Unusual for me to bet a unit and a half on a guy, but that's exactly what we're going to do here. I think the numbers allow for that. Round four, Yudong, one unit to win one unit, and then a half a unit at plus 165 inside the distance. That's what we got for this week. Next week, May 6th, UFC 288, Sterling Cejudo, can't wait for that one. We will be right here, same time. Tune in, enjoy the fights, and thank you for listening. Boom! That's it! That is it! Unbelievable! That was insane! You've been 
locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. the best sports betting podcast on the board look no further than greenrollmedia.com each and every weekend greenrolls covering the nfl college football and mma better than anyone bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in las vegas that's greenrollmedia.com greenrollmedia.com home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network